to Stokes County Boys, a podcast in which two friends discuss the place and things that made them who they are and who they are not. We're uh, right here with Philip, renowned Stokes County boy, and I'm, as always, joined by my good friend Patrick. How's it going, man? Hello, hello. We're in quarantine. Yeah, living the dream still? I think, uh, living the dream, yeah. I think think today's Sunday. (laughs) It is Sunday. Oh, look at that. My kids constantly ask me, like, what day is it? And always have to pause before I answer them. <laughs> I'm not too sure either. Yeah. Yes, we are recording on a Sunday, a Sunday afternoon. Uh, this is our first daytime record, so I'm not on the porch, so you will not hear the cicadas and the crickets tonight, or or in this record. So well, now we get to learn what animals are inside your house. Yeah, that's right. Uh, what I will say today's episode, we are covering. Well, speaking of covering, we're covering our favorite top five. We're doing another top five episode, but this one is our top five cover songs. Now, once again, just like when we discussed favorite Star Wars movies or we discussed video games or what have you, it's not necessarily the best technical song, most inventive cover. These are our personal favorites that mean the most to us and mean the most to us in the moment. Wouldn't you say that, Patrick? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we... We get technical a little bit with the analysis, but ultimately these are songs that we're trying to make personal towards us, you know, yeah. that stood out for whatever reason to us. That's right. And, and Patrick is a trained musician, classically trained. He's, a, he's gone through the university with a music degree. I'm a big music fan. I have no credentials like Patrick does in that realm, but well, we, uh... do, <laughs> we do consider musicality when, when we're choosing these songs as well as, you know, what they mean to us. But before we talk about these cover songs, songs written by someone else, performed by a completely different person, uh, we're going to get into some news. And uh, I, I had actually not paid attention to this because I've kind of fallen off the sport sports wagon lately. But Patrick, Patrick's got some uh, big news that's been national news, but somehow Stokes County's connected to this. Yeah, so a sign of the times a little bit, you know, we're we're dealing with the the COVID nineteen virus. We're dealing with a, would you say, a new civil rights movement? I mean, it, it we, feels that way. I, I wouldn't. I don't think you're overstating that. We we're in weird times, at least yeah. unfamiliar times, I should say. And mm-hmm. um, we uh, Stokes County was on the news this week, and not for reasons that are necessarily um, the most positive. Um, to again put things in context, uh, NASCAR has banned the Confederate flag, and Bubba Watson, who's the only African American NASCAR driver, uh, recently went through a scandal where a noose was found in his garage. Now the FBI came in and said that um, no hate crime was committed, that um, it it was not directed at him, and and it had been. Um, used to pull down the garage door, which had been there for several years. So, you know, it, mm-hmm. it was determined by the FBI that this was not a hate crime. Um, however, if you look at the picture, Philip, would you agree that, I mean, this is a noose? Yes, I've seen the picture. It's undeniably a noose. Yes. There, there's no, there's really no denying it. So it's a little fishy with that, that FBI report. Well, you ignore intent and only look at the actual physical thing. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so in conjunction with that story, woke up a day or two ago. Again, I think it's Sunday. All these days are kind of yeah, running together. So just to let you know, because things have changed, like there was a, the original uh, announcement and then there was the investigation and then some response to that investigation. And now this particular article that we're referencing. So... I guess just to timestamp it, this is uh, as of June 28th, 2020, this information that we're transmitting today. Yes, yes. Um, so, Stokes County in the news with a specific thing that happened uh, a couple of days ago. Philip, I've got two different articles up here. One is from WREL, which is the uh, just a local uh, central North Carolina website yeah, um, it's news based source. In yeah, and then the other is uh, from ESPN.com, um, and I'm I'm just going to read you the titles from these articles, and then we'll kind of uh, talk about what happened. Um, from ESPN, the title of the article: North Carolina racetrack owner offers Bubba rope for sale. 
Oh my God. And the other uh, from WREL, the title is Stokes County Speedway owner offers bubble rope for sale, loses partnerships. Um, so basically, uh, to give a summary, um, the owner of uh, 311 Speedway in Stokes County, Mike Falk, um, made a Facebook marketplace posting that said buy your Bubba rope today for only $9.99 each and they come with a lifetime warranty and work great apparently and I, since I discovered these articles the post has been taken down um, as yeah. it seems to be common these days to say something completely controversial and then immediately delete it as, as if it doesn't in this day of social media as if that actually goes away because you know that before people comment on a tweet or a post like that, that they know is going to be controversial or in this case just blatantly racist and violent, they're going to screenshot that. Absolutely, and, uh, but and anyway. I mean it's it's a scary thought. That's a that's an entirely different issue in itself. The the way yeah. that you know we've all made mistakes, some larger than others, but in this day and age, every mistake that you make is going to be documented. Mm -hmm. And it's especially in the age of social media where it's out there, it's out there forever. And I, that, that really scares me personally, but you know, I try to, I try to very, be very, very deliberate on, you know, pictures of my dog only that go up on Facebook or <laughs> like, you know, try well. not to comment unless it's a happy birthday. No. So, uh, Mr. Fulp here, and I, I do not know this person. I do not know any of the background. And so, you know, I'm going based solely on what I read in the articles that are uh, from these news sources here. Mm -hmm. But uh, apparently, and again, by the time I got to the articles, the, the actual posting had been taken down, but apparently um, there were a lot of, uh, of criticisms um, yeah. as there should be uh, right. from on the page itself uh, says the ad was posted on Wednesday, but it had been taken down by midday on Thursday. There's been no, um, as of this moment, there's been no comment from Mr. Falp or anybody representing um, 311 Motor Speedway. A spokesperson for Governor Cooper can, spoke out and condemned um, the remarks and kind of parallel to what we're discussing here. On Monday of, of last week, there was a Facebook post uh, from Mr. Falk's page um, sponsoring, talking about the sponsoring of a Heritage Night um, mm. at 311 Motor Speedway that encouraged fans to purchase a lot of items, including Confederate flags, caps, and all that. And one of the taglines right. on this posting um, was, don't forget your Second Amendment right, 311 Speedway. Yikes. So... You know, we, we've mentioned in some of our conversations about, you know, Stokes County, um, the, the racial makeup of Stokes County. We've talked about, yep. um, you know, I, I, I want to talk about the positives of Stokes County I, because it's a, such a gorgeous area. Yeah, I, yeah. Hanging, Hanging Rock was always my go-to place. In, yeah, we got some good stories from there. Oh, so. yeah. And, you know, in high school, if I had a few hours, I would go up and do my homework at Hanging Rock. Like it was a great experience. It's a, it's a gorgeous place. It's small town America. The people look after each other for the most part. And you need, you know, you need to have somebody check on your dog when you're on vacation. You, you've got somebody right there. You need somebody mm -hmm. to loan you a cup of sugar when you're baking. You got somebody <laughs> right there. It's, it's, you know, but it's, it's very disheartening as a Stokes County boy that, the first thing I wake up to is a text from my friend saying, Hey, check out this article on ESPN about Stokes County. It's completely just dumbfounding that somebody could post something that's just so blatantly racist. Well, Patrick, you brought this in for this episode. I had, I had some uh, actual good news at the ready, so that will be in a, a different episode, but yeah, this is, this is insane. I mean, it's just unfathomable to like, be so flippant, flippant, excuse me, to be so flippant about that sort of like, essentially it's, it's just encouraging and mocking and, and just making light of racial violence in terms of selling that rope. And then I guess it was a reaction to the banning of the Confederate flag by NASCAR. NASCAR actually trying to make their sport a more inclusive and equitable and just up to date for lack of a better term, like 
bring this sport into the 21st century. And yeah, it's, it's, it's really disappointing. Well, and Philip, I, I, I always hesitate to talk politics. And yeah. the reason being is because politics have become so downright nasty in this country, oh, yeah. this mm -hmm. day and age. Um, I grew up, uh, my mom was hardcore Democrat. I mean, as far left as you could be. Um, and my dad was as far right as you could be, um, hardcore Republican. Well, and so, you know, I, I I'll give him up, credit. I don't think he was as far right as you could be. Well, <laughs> and I guess my mom wasn't as far left yeah, yeah, as she yeah. could be, but you know what I mean? I grew up in a very, uh, politically diverse household yeah. and, you know, some of the discussions that turned into arguments, it's just, I'm tired. Yeah. I'm just, as a human being, I'm tired of well, all of this. And yeah. What scares me, though, is that um, if you look into the matters a little bit more, uh, Mr. Falp here is running for county commissioner. Oh, and wow. The tagline here says Republican leadership that you can trust. Vote March 3rd for Mike Falp, Stokes County Commissioner. So this looks like it was actually for a the couple months ago yeah. that this was, you know, took place. And it looks like, you know, he did not win. Um, okay. But well, that's a relief to me. It's. I'll speak for myself. It's disgusting and it's terrible. And it's just like it. When you hear that, I, I don't know how you feel about it, Patrick, but you just kind of slump your shoulders and kind of look down at the ground and shake your head. And you're just like, not again, you know? Yeah. Well, I think that's just it. You know, I really do try to look at the good in people first and maybe that's the educator in me. Maybe it's just yeah. the human being in me, but yeah. Yeah, it's why this like think before you speak, please just think about not just what you are getting ready to say. And this time, Philip, you've known me my since I was what, nine, 10, like you've yeah, known me yeah. pretty much my entire life, right? I don't always think before I speak. Yeah. Sometimes I like to poke the bear just to, to get a rise <laughs> out of people, but in a comical way. And there's certain things that I think that are off limits. Now, I, I, I'm going to contradict myself on that a little bit because George Carlin's a very big fan, I'm, or I'm a big fan of George Carlin. Yeah. And I do fall a lot of the time into, you know, well, who decides what's okay and what's not? Well, if, if something's, you know, I kind of fall into the category that it's either all okay to make fun of or none of it's okay to make fun of. Mm -hmm. And in, in my personal experience, I think that in order to make fun of something, in order to even lightheartedly jest or joke about something that's going on, you really do, in a moral stance, have to look at what's going on and why. Are you trolling to legitimately troll? Are you, yeah. are you saying something because you just want to get a rise? Are you trying to make a joke that was just very ill-timed? Regardless of your thoughts on Confederate flag and, and this and that, now is not the time to be joking about something. We need to be serious because there's a serious discussion that needs to be had in America about the direction that we are headed. And right. if we want change, we need to make change. If we want status quo, we want things to stay the same, well, that's a different yeah, path yeah. that I don't think that we can even remotely hold on yeah, to at this there's point. There's no there's no going back at this point. Not at I mean, all. And it and and just this whole pandemic and and everything that's going on during this is just highlighting that the status quo was not good enough and not working. So and I think in all this Patrick I can say that it only proves once again that the only good 311 is the 90s rock band. Okay? <laughs> So that being said, we're going to move on. We're going to take a little bit of a break. We'll take a break. And when we come back from our break, we're going to get into our top five cover songs. Oh, one last thing before we get back to the show. Please go to our Anchor website at anchor.fm slash scboys slash support, and you can support the show for as little as 99 cents per month. What do you get in return? Well, the show keeps going. And the other thing, any supporter will get a shout out on the show. So you'll be entered into the record of the Stokes County Boys. And also, if you'd like, we'll reach out to you and you can choose the topic of a future episode. Thanks in advance for your support. Now back to the show. back 
Patrick, I hope you have your list ready. I do, I do. I Once again, I made a list of five, and this, we'll, we'll say it again. This is uh, five for the moment. It could change. And then, of course, I also ended up adding in some honorable mentions that I wanted to 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 spotlight. I don't I don't know if you have the same problem as I do. As oh you. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. In doing this and preparing for this, I also was looking at some just lists on the internet of best cover songs and things like that. And part of the reason I was doing it was just to kind of jog my memory f- from this or that, just to make sure I didn't forget anything. You know, they always have songs like All Along the Watchtower, the Jimi Hendrix version, Respect by Aretha Franklin, who it was originally recorded by uh, Otis Redding. Um, my, my criteria for this, and I'd like to get your input too, Patrick, my criteria was for this was not, I see Respect as, it's a great cover song, but the thing I like about cover songs is ones that already have been established, and then someone is still able to reinvent that song uh, you know, themselves. Well, I think that's, you, you, you hit the nail on the head when you said reinvent. Um, yeah. Like, I, I think that it's important to realize that a lot of the songs, especially from, you know, the 60s, um, were written by other people and often performed by somebody else uh, before they became hits. Um, and yeah. so, you know, when I think of Aretha doing Respect, she made it her own, but to be honest with you, I knew that song very well before I even knew that Otis Redding had, had written and recorded it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or, or there are artists that would write songs for other people. For example, like Prince had written Nothing Compares to You. He didn't really do that much with it, but then gave it to Sinead O'Connor, and that was the big hit. Well, uh, and saw... and the, original, the original wasn't even released until like a year or so ago with a kind of compilation of stuff he had written for other people. We saw Willie Nelson live yeah, yeah. several years. I mean, it's, it's been a while now. Um, right. When Willie Nelson got up on stage, he just sang, 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 and sang. It's like, oh, yeah, he did write that song. Yeah. He did write that song. Like, Yeah, he wrote Crazy, the Patsy Cline song. Yeah. I mean, we could keep going into this, but I, I'll, I'll, I'll get into this so we can really stick to our the songs that we want to focus on today. But... Um, one what that was kept being on this list, aside from all along the Watchtower, the Jimi Hendrix version, and Aretha Franklin's Respect, was uh, Jeff Buckley's Hallelujah. I mean, this is just an amazing, beautiful song. Jeff Buckley, one of my favorite vocalists. He doesn't have much of a, a discography because he died so early, but the only problem with this song is it's kind of become overplayed. You know, this is, of course, um, originally written by Leonard Cohen, the Canadian version of Bob Dylan. <laughs> but this is an amazing song. This is a beautiful version of it. It's almost been ruined by like Shrek and then... <laughs> you know what though, Phil? I'm going to disagree there. <laughs> and the reason that I say this is because, again, you know, I, I, I did go to school for music and so I, I listen with a, a different sort of ear when I'm trying to analyze, analyze or, or, you know, really talk about music. I think it's great that good music is starting to pop up in children's um, media. And okay. so I, I think that, you know, what Shrek did was it exposed some good music that kids wouldn't have been able to hear otherwise. When yeah. this, when this popped fair. up in that, like, I, that's awesome. Because they, a, kid's gonna, a kid's gonna sing along to that and they wouldn't have otherwise. And it's, yeah. why, kids, it's why kids today like Smash Mouth so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you take the good with the bad, I suppose. Um, <laughs> This one's kind of interesting because it's a it's a song uh, sung by Andrea or Andrea Kaur. Now she's from the group The Coors, which sang that song. Um, they're like one hit wonders. They sang, uh, you know, the "Love Me, Love Me, Say That You Love Me." Okay, so she covers this. Some things last a long time. This is a Daniel Johnston song. I always love a good Daniel Johnson song with people that can actually sing and play that are able to, like, you know, interpret his music. But I really like this song, and I really like this cover of hers. This is another one that I've found found recently. I am not familiar with that cover, but luckily the uh, Stokes County Boys podcast has a Spotify playlist. That's right. So, um, yeah, that's a great reminder that I've uh, we've made a Spotify playlist. So all the music that's referenced or focused or, or featured 
in the in our episodes will be on this playlist, so you can always find it later on. And these are all your honorable mentions, right? Yes, yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah, and the last one I'll get in too quick is Kendra Morris, and she does a cover of Pink Floyd's uh, Shine On You Crazy Diamond. Just another a great song I love. Um, if you're not interested in the 15-minute Pink Floyd version, this is a capable replacement. Yeah, Patrick, what are your honorable mentions before we get into our, our top five? So, a handful of honorable mentions. Uh, Twist and Shout by the Beatles. I, I'm a huge Beatles fan, and um, I, I felt like that had to be on there for me. Uh, the, the vocals of Lennon, that after he had pretty much been singing all day, and you get that raspiness, and so it's a little out of tune. Absolutely loved it. Uh, I, I, Heroes by the Wallflowers. Um, that's something that I didn't think would really play much into my thoughts as a, okay, what's, what's my top five covers of all time? Well, that, that popped in my head pretty early. And just the fact that it popped into my head made me, while it didn't make the final five, I I felt like I did have to throw it out there. Um, you mentioned Jeff Buckley's hallelujah. I put that in there as well. Um, all, all along the watchtower. Let me come back to that for a second. Um, okay. First, um, Whiskey in the Jar, Metallica's oh, version yeah, of that. When yeah. we talk about a cover that kind of takes something and makes it their own, I'm not a huge Metallica fan, but I thought they did a really good job with that. Um, and then uh, Mighty Quinn, Manfred Mann, Mr. Tambourine Man by The Birds. Um, of course, those are uh, Bob Dylan songs, but they're on there. So let me go back to All Along the Watchtower for a second. Yeah, yeah, that'd um, be great. I always was fascinated in that era where people weren't as worried about copyright and ownership of music and this and that. Hendrix Mm -hmm. would hear Dylan play a song and say, I want to do that. And so he would go out and do that. I mean, there's that story of him hearing Sgt. Pepper's like the week it came out. And then, you know, a few days later, he was playing the Sgt. Pepper's the song in concert. Yeah. And it wasn't to try to steal the music, and it was to yeah, honor yeah. what they were hearing. I think it was really interesting. You know, again, we saw we mentioned Willie Nelson. We saw Bob Dylan at that same concert. Oh yeah, and and I don't forget just, John Cougar Mellencamp. Mellencamp put on a hell of a show. I know. I, I gotta, yeah, it was. It was I got to give it to him. <laughs> but uh, yeah. um, no, uh, Dylan. I thought it was so cool because he heard Hendrix play his version and said, "You know what." I want to start playing it like he's playing yeah, it. And so exactly. like I, I it didn't make my final five. I feel like it probably should have for that reason. If you can cover a song so well that the original artist says, I'm gonna start doing it that way, yeah. I feel like it's true. gotta be up there. But but <laughs> you know, the fact that it is such a heavily covered song, mm-hmm. it's it's almost a, a, a given to be there. And so I wanted to focus on my top five on five songs that were not necessarily the absolute most obvious. Right. Yeah. I think that's it. That I, I agree with you there, especially with like all along the watchtower, as you mentioned, mighty Quinn. I mean, those are just, and it's hard. Or Mr. Tambourine man, it's hard not to get into great Dylan covers. One of mine is in the top five, but it's a lesser known one that I like a lot. I was geared the same way as you is I mean otherwise we would have the same list of twist and shout along the watchtower and I don't know what else like respect or yeah. you know and, but but let me add I, I am gonna I, I'm imagining I'm gonna be very hypocritical and I, I didn't I didn't look up you know other people's top five or top ten or best covers of all time or whatever yeah. I didn't. And, and so I imagine that I'm, some of mine if not all of mine are going to be on those lists you know because I was gonna say um so Philip why don't you give us one like what's and again these the, these top five are not necessarily in order you know ranking five four three two one these are just any order but yeah. Philip, why don't you give us one? What's okay? One? Okay, this so my first five. one, you know, we were just talking about. It's kind of funny. We were talking. We end up talking about the same people. We were just talking about Jimi Hendrix covering Bob Dylan, but one of mine that I'll start off with is someone covering a Jimi Hendrix song, an instrumental cover of the song "Little Wing" by Jimi Hendrix, which is on his uh, second album, "Axis Bold as Love," which is if you're into the Jimi Hendrix experience, that one's my favorite album of his. But Stevie Ray Vaughan did this amazing guitar solo around this um, just instrumental guitar work around the song Little Wing. 
I don't know how much you're familiar with the original. It's not a big hit of Jimi Hendrix, but it's it's out there, you know. But I just love the way he was able to take this song, a great Jimi Hendrix song, and which is, you know, like a two and a half minute kind of standard pop song in a way. And then he takes his own on spin on it. All right, Patrick, you're up. All right. So this one, I imagine, is one of the most uh, talked about covers, at least in the last, you know, 20 years. And that's, I got to go with Johnny Cash with Hurt. Yeah. And I think yeah. part of it was that it was so surprising that a Nine Inch Nails song was being covered by a country music legend. And when you look at how personal he made that song, you hear the frailty in his voice. You know, he was having some health issues. His, I believe he died the year that he released the song. He was dealing with the death of June. Yeah. It's just so powerful. And I thought the original, I really like the Nine Inch Nails original one. I really like that version of Hurt. But the way that Johnny Cash just stripped everything down and just made it so powerfully emotional with just the fragile voice of an old man and his guitar. It, it, yeah, it's, totally. it's so gut-wrenchingly powerful, especially knowing what he was dealing with at the time that he released and recorded the song. Yeah, it's so amazing. Like For all, all what you said, just the simplicity of it. it. There's something about it if you have like, you know, an elder statesman of country and rock and he takes one of the, your songs and can, you know, turn it into, into what he did with it. Yeah. This whole, that whole series, you know, those, um, I guess they call them like the American recordings or I forget what they call them exactly, but he's got some great covers in there. There's even this Rusty Cage, the Soundgarden song. It's an awesome cover. Uh, have you heard the, his cover of In My Life? The Beatles song, that one's great too. I feel like we could do an episode on on Johnny Cash covering uh, other people's stuff. But yeah, that's a great one. We were talking about the Birds earlier who did some great work with um, Dylan covers, and this is one of those, but this is not their most famous uh, Dylan cover. But this is My Back Pages, which I love this song and I really love the Birds version of it. But it's got that undeniable Birds sound with the, the jangly 12-string, the harmonies that'll come in during the, uh, during the chorus. And then I just love the song because it's, it's got one of the greatest paradoxical song lyrics, which somehow doesn't make any sense, but makes all the sense. I was so much older then, but I'm younger than that now. I, d I just love that. I love that line. I love this cover. So, yeah, there's not much more to say about it than that. It's just awesome. And and I just love Bob Dylan. So any cover of Bob Dylan that's done with any care or respect is, is usually good to me because the songs are so solid. MTV, back when they played music, and... Uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they've been not playing music longer now than they have been playing music, I feel like. I always loved the MTV Unplugged sessions, and... Mm -hmm. Growing up in the 90s, coming of age, you know, in the 90s, like we did, we got to see a revolution of rock music. And I was a Pearl Jam fan. And then as I got older, I realized that, oh, you don't have to choose between Pearl Jam and Nirvana. You can <laughs> right. like them both, and it's okay. The Nirvana session with at the MTV Unplugged uh, little concert that they did, um, the man who sold the world blew me away. And it made me just absolutely dive into Nirvana. That single song, that single cover song that they did made me just dive into their music so much more than I had previously. Cobain had a very tragic life. And I think that you can hear that. And you kind of, with my list, are seeing a theme of the frailty of the human that is performing the song, making the, the meaning have so much impact. And I think that for me, Man Who Sold the World has to be in that top five for that reason. Yeah, definitely. I love this song. It's a great cover. I love the original, the David Bowie song is awesome as well. But that, that whole concert, he do, they do a lot of covers and a lot of them are really good. Uh, including like Lake of Fire, which was a um, meat puppet song, and Where'd You Sleep Last Night, which is like 
a song from Lead Belly, the old blues guy. And I'd like to see more shows like that yeah. where they, they yeah. showcase the band and it's not for just a, a, a live eight sort of concert. It's, it's like, look, here's them just stripped down raw. So the power of the music itself is what's going to shine through. I think that there's a market out there for that because people still want to hear good music, even in this commercialized age. Definitely. And that, that the thing that's really cool about that Nirvana set too, is, you know, they're just coming off the success of Nevermind, which was just successful beyond their imagination. Oh yeah. They were, I don't know if they had just released or releasing their third and final studio album in utero they really just played some songs off that album and a bunch of covers. And it's a, it's all, it's, it's a great album. It's probably, it's definitely the best unplugged. I I'd say I'd venture to say, um, there's other great ones like the Pearl Jam one's really good. The, uh, Alice in Chains one I like a lot. And I think part of the reason it's so great are these great covers they do. Absolutely. Okay. So I'm going to go next. My number three, um, I'm going with the song Changes, which is not the David Bowie song, Changes, but I'd say unless you're more into Black Sabbath than the average person, this is a Black Sabbath song. It's kind of a deep cut. Uh, it's this slow blues song that's on their fourth album, Black Sabbath Volume 4, I believe is the title of it. But Charles Bradley, who was a, uh, a kind of 21st century blues R&B singer, did a cover of it that is so much better than the original to me. It's almost like he took a song that felt to me when I first listened to it on that Black Sabbath record as album filler, and he made it into an awesome song. It was almost like <laughs> Sabbath had written this, and it was just kind of out of their league or just not their style, you know? It's a slow, like soulful song and Ozzy Osbourne's voice doesn't really lend itself to that type of music. I think it's like you were saying earlier, you're just taking this song and you're just pouring everything into it. You can feel the sorrow, the sadness, whatever else that's going on here. It's an awesome cover. All right. So this one might be a little bit of a surprise uh, to you because uh, it doesn't necessarily fall in line with something that I normally would... Um, listen to on just a, a typical Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Um, I will always love you, Whitney Houston. So, yeah. you know, growing up listening to country music with my dad, when this song came out in the bodyguard as part of the soundtrack, and it was, you know, a very, very powerful moment in the movie itself. Mm -hmm. What just blew me away was not just her voice, but it was the way that the song was structured. Starts off, is still just as gorgeous as the Dolly Parton original, but it's very stripped down. It's all about her voice. Yeah. And then you get that tension in the middle of the song, that pause. And then boom, key change. It's so yeah. iconic. And it's absolutely gorgeous. Dolly Parton has even said, you know, that's her song now. It, wow. she she okay. that's her song now yeah. and it's such a great beautiful song you know it also making it personal it reminds me of driving in that ford bronco with my dad and mm -hmm. you know he would always crank it up he there were very few songs he ever would crank up the the volume on but this yeah. one was one of them and of course it was the dolly parton version but then mm -hmm. you know like i said the what she did with it was just so iconic and it's i think it's very hard to do that to the extent that she did. You can have a great cover song from a great song of the original, but the way that she just took it and just so powerfully made it her own really stood out to me. Yeah, it, it's just an awesome song. It's iconic, and the covers just, I mean, it's almost more iconic and, and well-known than, than you were saying the Dolly Parton version at this point. Um Great pick. Uh, the next one I have is, um, <laughs> you were talking about Nirvana covering a song. I've got a Nirvana cover, uh, but it's by a country music singer, kind of country rock singer, Sturgill Simpson, and he did a cover of In Bloom. Um, so this is, he, he wrote this, it's not his most recent album, but the one before it's called A Sailor's Guide to Earth, 
And the whole album is this song. He, he wrote the album for his son, who is recently born at the time. But he goes through these stages of his own life and has different songs about his own life. So his one that's kind of describing his adolescence or teenage years, he covers In Bloom. But the great thing about this song is it starts off as kind of a real stripped down. We were talk, talking about, you know, kind of changing up the song, reimagining it, kind of stripping it down. He does that for this one, you know, In Bloom, uh, the first couple verse chorus, um, you know, verse chorus, verse chorus is real stripped down and kind of slow. And then when it picks up, it doesn't it doesn't become, you know, like the loud, quiet, loud style of Nirvana. It kind of turns into this Van Morrison sounding, um, like with horns and, you know, that, that kind of New Orleans influence, almost like a Van Morrison song at the end. And it's just a great cover. And, and uh, you know, he's got a great voice, I think really lends to the, the style that he brought to it. And I, I'd, this is a cover that I've really enjoyed past like few years that I, I kind of discovered it. That's my number four. It's a gorgeous song. I mean, absolutely. Again, fitting with the theme of, of stripping it down and, <laughs> and making it emotional. Uh, so one of the first movies that I saw as a pseudo adult that just blew me away was Donnie Darko. Mm. Oh, and yeah. you know i was in college at the time so that's why i say pseudo adults <laughs> you know yeah, yeah old enough to to know better but still too young to care <laughs> um right i'm watching donnie darko and and there's a very powerful scene in that movie and then the tears for fears song mad world is played by gary jules mm-hmm. and um you know, the movie itself is set in the 80s, which was kind of cool for me to think of that, like, this 80s song is being twisted into um, a cover. I mean, like, they didn't use the original. They used the cover, even though it would have fit perfectly in the movie timeline itself. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was really cool that they did this. And I think that the version that they played by Gary Jules made it the scene all the more powerful. Um, and I mean, some of the lyrics themselves, when you take away the guitar or the drum beat or the synth or whatever, then it forces you to really listen to the lyrics and not just hear them. But, you know, lines like, um, you know, I find it kind of funny. I find it kind of sad. The dreams in which I'm dying are the best I ever had. Like it's, it's powerful. And I feel like I missed some of those lines when I first heard the tears for fears song as a kid. I didn't even know the tears for fears song. And then hearing that, like the way it stripped down like that, I just remember almost feeling uncomfortable with some of these, like, like almost like, can you say that? (laughs) You know? But yeah, I agree with you. I, that that um, that cover, I, thought I was a big fan in college of Donnie Darko and would rewatch it and things like that. I think now thinking back to it, the best thing that holds up out of that movie is that cover of of uh, Mad World. I'd well, say. you know, I was I was going to say with that, like I watched that movie multiple times, and I felt like I finally kind of understood it. First yeah. time I watched it, what what oh, yeah. like I, what in the was, world? It was evocative and just the imagery and everything. And you're just like, there's something about this, but I don't know what's going on. Yeah. But, you know, I think that's what you want in a good movie, though. Something that makes you want to come back to continue to try to understand it. I worry, though, about a movie like that because I have not watched it in years. And I worry that, like, you know, uh, let me let me talk about the Thundercats for a minute. All right. I grew up and I loved the Thundercats. I remember, Philip, and this is this is um. I hope my mom doesn't hear this. Uh, I skipped school as a kindergartner. I think it's okay. Uh, You won't get in trouble now, Patrick. In 1987, as a kindergartner, I skipped a day of school. (laughs) And the reason was because the Thundercats were doing these episodes where it was basically like a a, a week-long story arc where, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, it's basically like a movie, but it was – broken into the episodes Mm -hmm. i forgot to set the vcr to tape that friday episode i mean you were only like six so it's okay well but i remember the first four days and i needed to know how this ended i mean i need closure and this you know that's just part of my personality is i I need closure well Mm -hmm. 
I realized I didn't set the VCR. I look and I see the school buses coming. And I had a choice to make, and I made my choice, and I do not regret it. But I got to so see how, how that story you got, arc ended. Did you, did you fake illness or something, or what did you do? I faked or illness. You, okay. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> you know, I really just – I had to know how the Thundercats yeah. arc ended. I needed to know. I now I didn't realize you made the decision that quick. You know, ultimately, though, I, I go back in college, and I watch Thundercats again. I start yeah. watching some of the episodes, and, and – they they didn't mean as much to me now as they did then for obvious yeah, reasons yeah. because they're a kids show now the action mm-hmm. sequence some of the stuff was fun but I mean it's clearly it was clearly written for younger children and I didn't you know I I didn't have kids of my own that I was sitting to watch with so it didn't have the same sort of impact to me or it didn't serve a functional purpose um I I still like the animation i still like the music it's fun but i worry with like movies like donnie darko that i'm gonna lose a little bit of my interest and impact that these things had in my life because i'm at a different spot in my life yeah and it scares me to think about that i well the thing is is i would just say that when you watched it originally, you were at a certain point in your life and and if you felt the same way about it now than you did when you first watched it like I don't know, probably like 13, 14 years ago, that would be more scary than you reflecting on some piece of art or whatever, and your view of it has changed over time. I'll just give you that. So I wouldn't get too worried about it. You're you're right, though, but I think part of the illusion of growing up is that there's these formative things that are tangible moments of your life that mean something to you. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, they stick out in your mind. And maybe it's a birthday party. Maybe it's a song you heard or whatever. But it, it kind of defines that part or that moment in your life. And then to revisit that moment, whether you hear a song on the radio that, you, that was like that or like one of these songs that we're talking about today, if you hear it, it scares me to think of that moment being somehow watered down or lessened because right. you're in a different spot. Well, and I felt like that with Thundercats. Yeah. yeah. Because it well, didn't it didn't have the same effect. No and I know it couldn't have, but at the same time I feel like I would have felt a lot happier with the Thundercats had I not gone back and watched it again. Okay. Well just don't rewatch Donnie Darko and we'll be okay. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna go to my fifth cover. And then we'll wrap this up. But um, it's performed by Mary Clayton. And if you don't know that name, uh, I think her most famous appearance in a song is she did the female vocals on uh, Gimme Shelter, the Rolling Stones song. Uh, She she covered the Neil Young song, uh, Southern Man, Mm -hmm. uh, which is also referenced in the song uh, Sweet Home Alabama. But uh, anyways... So she did a cover of Southern Man, and which is, if you don't know, uh, it's this, I'd say it's one of those 60s protest songs about the uh, racial injustice in Alabama and the South at the time. But just coming from her and, you know, as a, as a black woman singing this, and she's got an amazing, amazing voice, it, it almost means more coming out of her than it does... Uh, Neil Young. And and I think we've said it before in a previous episode or episode to be released, we're kind of <laughs> doing these out of order. I always enjoy, you, you know, I like covers and, and there's something about having um, the female vocalist cover songs sung by men. Sometimes it, it, um, it kind of takes it to a whole new level sometimes. But in this case, I, I, this is an awesome cover. I really like this one a lot. And it's, once again, one that I've kind of discovered recently, despite it being from, like, 1970 or 1971 or something like that. Well, it's interesting, too, to talk about, like, author's purpose. And, you know, why did this artist choose this song to cover? I think Mm -hmm. that, you know, when you have a very good, quality, powerful source material, to be able to take that already powerful song and take it to a new level, I think that's, I mean, it, it doesn't get any better than that. I mean, that's just as, as powerful as, as something like music can only show. Yeah, yeah. All right, Patrick, what you got for your, um, what do you have for your last 
pick for today? This one is something that I would have made fun of myself for had I not uh, been a little bit more mature. I think that now I can actually look at music for the sake of music, whereas sometimes we get um, – well, think about this. How many people, Philip, in, in your life have you known to say just, oh, I just, I don't like rap or I don't oh, like yeah, country. Yeah. It, you, you Exactly. Say you don't like an entire genre and when the fact of the matter is genres change. And yeah, what yeah. you turn on a country station right now, it's going to sound what like 90s pop sounded like in a lot of cases, you know, maybe right. a little twangier on the vocals, but, you know, it, genres change and evolve. This is a band that's that covered a song that's very close to my heart. And if you would have told me when this band was actually um, first coming out that they would be on a top five cover songs of all time for me, then I, I would have like really been immature about it at the time. Yeah. Um, so the band Disturbed. The, okay. the, you know, yeah. I, I, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They covered fairly recently. I, I, I need to check the date, but uh, you know, his last couple of years, they covered the sound of silence, the Simon oh, and Garfunkel. Yeah. And yeah. I, the first time that I heard it, it was on a late night talk show. I believe it was Conan. Actually, yeah. I, I, I'm positive it was Conan. And it was the most, I, I'm like, wait a minute, this is disturbed. This isn't disturbed. I had to like, wait, really? <laughs> and it was just so. I don't know. I think it's because I, I found Disturbed. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of their music. I, I felt no. like a lot of the songs kind of sounded the same. It was just your stereotypical. It's not, yeah, kind of new metal band. Yeah, uh, but what they did with Sound of Silence, which, again, is already a great source material, but the way that they played it, yeah. the way they performed mm -hmm. it, and it wasn't just the band. You know, they had uh, They had other musicians all in on it, and it was just so widely powerful and it, it wasn't just about the performance itself but it was about accentuating what good source material they already had kind of like yeah. you mentioned in mad world with um just you know you listen to the lyrics just a little bit differently and sometimes that's all you need the sound of the silence the simon and garfunkel's lyrics have always blown me away and their harmonies. I'm a huge, that's why I like sixties music so much even now, not yeah. just cause I grew up with it, but just the harmonies, your, your Sergeant Peppers that you alluded to your, your pet sounds, you know, mm. pretty much anything the beach boys did or like, you right. know, you've got your Motown, just, just that entire era of harmonies always spoke to me and taking that and modernizing it. But following that pattern, as you see in these, songs that we're discussing today of stripping it down to make it as powerful as it possibly could be. And then just the buildup throughout the song. It, oh yeah. It spoke to me on so it, many levels. I, I would say that too. And, and this is like you, I discovered this song recently. I, I just looked and, and I think this album came from 2015. So it's been around a little while, but I heard it and you're just like, Oh wait, the lead singer of Disturbed has a great voice. I mean, it goes so low, and then, and then, like you said, when it builds to that, when he's doing that kind of power vocal performance at the end, yeah, this this is a great cover. When you, <laughs> I got really excited when you mentioned this because I have not thought about this song in a while, and I was like, oh yeah, that's a great one. No, well, you mentioned his voice. You know, mm -hmm. you said something earlier, like when you take a female vocal. And they cover what has traditionally or originally was a male song. It changes. Just the timbre of the vocal changes. And yeah. it's such a powerful thing. Sometimes I think that we don't really fully focus on the great musical aspects of lyricists and vocalists in this day and age because everything is so highly edited in production whether it's auto tune or whether it's this or that and quantizing and, you know, I, I can go into pro tools all we want here, but like, you know, you, you hit it on, on the nose there. Like it's his vocals are really good. He's yeah. a very good singer. And sometimes I feel like that got lost, at least in my mind with the, you know, the, in, in, in yeah. the disturbed, <laughs> 
you know, discography there, but, you know, he really does have a powerful voice. And, you know, I think that, um, you know, cream rises to the top. You, good music out there will shine through regardless. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is a really good list, I think, uh, at least yeah. a fun uh, just afternoon listen through on the, the Spotify playlist there. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, so if you're interested in hearing the songs in their uh, complete form and original uh, recorded glory, uh, yeah, check out our uh, Stokes County Boys playlist, uh, easily searchable through Spotify. Yeah, and we've got we've got all the songs, our honorable mentions, as well as our main five. So hope you enjoyed that. I definitely did, and I think we'll we'll end it there. Patrick, you have anything else to say about about our cover songs today? No, I, let let us know what else we can add to the list. Yeah, that's right. So uh, you can always write to us at stokescountyboys at gmail.com and give us uh, your favorite cover songs because as we have stated before it's deeply personal and let us know what we forgot you know there's always just like patrick just did he he pointed out one that i hadn't thought about in a while i was like oh yeah that is a great cover i actually have my own spotify playlist of just cover songs because i I love them for you know some people will criticize others for but for covering songs or whatever and not writing their own stuff but whatever i mean it's great to throw those in every once in a while i love it when great bands will put in a cover from time to time well especially if it's in honor of yeah, the music yeah. that they're covering you know i, I think that uh, we talked about hendrix you know yeah. it was never hey i want to you know it, it was hey look this is a great song i want more people to hear it yeah thank you for writing the song mr dylan <laughs> exactly <laughs> Uh, but yeah, just as I said before, you can always email us at stokescountyboys at gmail.com with your uh, cover songs, your favorite, uh, whatever it might be, Stokes County stories. Uh, we're walk- we'll be happy to receive any of those. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at SCBoysPod. Uh, we're on Instagram as well, at Stokes County Boys. And uh, yeah, so for, uh, for my good friend Patrick here, the, I'm Philip, and we are the Stokes County Boys. Have a great one. Somehow, ah, but I was so much older than I'm younger than that now.